Well, good afternoon, Hannah Markham QC. Great to be joined by you today and fantastic to have you speaking on International Women's Day and probably talking a lot about women in family law, which is how we really met. So thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you, Sam. It's lovely to see you and speak to you. So first of all, I just want to ask you to just describe your career. You know, how did you get to where you've got to now? I've been very lucky, actually, I think fortunate in my career that I've um, had a number of cases that have um, allowed me to take on a bit more of a high profile. But at the same time, I've met people along the way who have encouraged me and nurtured me and given me the confidence to take on some of those more difficult cases. And, and once you've done one or two difficult cases, your confidence grows and then you get to know some of the, the leaders in the profession who then encourage you. So it's almost a circular process. And I'm, I'm, I think I've also engaged myself in things that have been happening. So I, I was on the FLBA committee previously, I'm now the vice chair, uh, and I've been involved in a number of different associations or issues along the way. And I've, I've tried to use my voice to help women um, at the bar or in the legal profession. And indeed, you really the brains behind women in family law. Um, can you tell people who are listening, not everyone will know about it. Can you tell um, everyone what what's what you think it should be, what it stands for and what aspirations you have? Well, I, I again, very fortunate in that I knew straight away there were some formidable women that I, I wanted to asked to come on board to support women in family law. And Suzanne, you're particularly one of them because of the energy and the drive and the compassion and understanding about what it's like to be a woman working in the field of family law. And whilst there are many really courageous, empathetic, strong women, um, there's still a tendency to lack a belief in ourselves and to promote and push ourselves. And also, I think if you look statistically, um, there are still more men than women. And um, I, don't, I don't need to uh, draw a bright line onto the um, issues about women in high court, court of appeal and the Supreme Court. And, and whilst we've just had the recent appointment of uh, Lady Justice Rose, she's not a family lawyer. Um, it's the first time in many, many years, I think that we don't have a family lawyer in the Supreme Court. And I knew that it was time to create an association where there weren't the them and us between solicitors and barristers, judges, students, clerks, that we could start to pull down some of those boundaries because one of the only, I think the best ways that you can assist people and expand access into the profession is to start to pull down some of those boundaries. I mean, we had a meeting, didn't we, recently when we were talking about judicial sitting and talked about having a, a webinar where we may get some judges in and somebody said oh I know but but maybe we'd be better off having you know the judges and, and those of us who are thinking about sitting or those of us more junior not in the same room or webinar and I said no that that's the wrong thing to do absolutely we, yeah we want to have us all together we need to pull us all in and, and find a way in which we can share experiences and also think about what we've learned along the way, what we've got wrong. I mean, I think you and I probably could look back and think, well, actually I could have done that better at that point in time. 
um, I've learned from a decision I made or a choice I made or a way I, I interacted with someone. I don't want to word, use the word treated because that, that sounds pejorative, but the way I interacted with someone and looking back, I wish I had done that differently or behaved in a different way. And some of it is from what we learn as we get older. And I certainly have learned an extraordinary amount from being the mum of a 25 year old daughter uh, and now nearly 90 year old son because they have taught me so much about intersectionality, um, access to justice, access to profession, you know, acknowledging the difficulties that face um, BAME people. And even thinking about today, you know, my daughter said to me, you know, do you remember when you took Silk in 2016? And people were saying, you know, got a lot of letters saying, oh, it's just so great that someone like you has got Silk. And actually, look at me, I'm a white middle-class cis woman, you know, what is it? And what it? do you think they meant by that, Hannah? Well, I think they meant that I don't come from a red brick university. Mm -hmm. In fact, I went from what would be the equivalent of a poly. I think that there's a, quite a lot of people that know me that knew I was a single mum when I first started to um, convert from my master's degree in Latin American studies. To the, to the law and did that whilst being on my own with with my daughter for a few years until I met my now husband uh, and I think that that I hope it, it also meant that I'm a little bit more down to earth than some of the other silks were at the time but what it what it shows is is if they were saying oh my gosh someone like you that had all the privileges of a private education going to university and being white and middle class what on earth must it be like for those who don't have those privileges. Absolutely, we've got a long, long way to go. And what do you think that we could try and do within women in family law? Do you have any ideas how we can work to try and resolve some of those issues? The first thing is I think we're learning, aren't we? we where we started from a year ago uh, and what we thought we could do to sprinkle some magic dust over the issues, we've learned, you know, to reevaluate and rethink. And we, I think that we are becoming more aware of the support we need to give to those coming into the profession. So that, and also give them a forum to challenge us. And I think I was thinking about this actually, it's something we probably can think about doing in the forthcoming year, listening to the more juniors in the profession, listening to them about why they found it hard or what particular aspects of it they still feel daunting. And I know you're a champion of reverse mentoring. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and, that, and that's one of those things about almost reverse mentoring is, is sitting back and rather than having a seminar where you have a webinar or Zoom where you have the wonderful Mrs. Justice Knowles um, you know, telling us how she got to where she is, um, which was brilliant or, or listening to her on the Judge Lynn Roberts. You know, we could actually have a webinar where we listen to somebody who still hasn't got pupillage or somebody that's been found it very difficult to um, pay for bar school or a solicitor who can't get their training contract or has got it and has found doors being closed in their faces along the way and to listen to why that was and what it is we can do within our profession to make changes to that. And indeed in our mentoring scheme which is um, recently really got going I think we are doing that I mean I can say for example that I am a a mentor to a couple of um, young women in the profession and one is very much at the very junior end um, trying to get a training contract and I personally 
have really enjoyed that involvement and trying to think outside the box. It's so different to when I qualified, where frankly jobs were two a penny, to be in this sort of situation and helping someone of that generation. And that is, I think, one of the really positive things that women in family law have done in the last year is the mentoring. Is there anything you'd like to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a, I'm a bit miffed actually because I've not been allowed a mentor at the moment because I think everybody recognises I'm a bit, you know, <laughs> got a lot on my plate. Um, but I, I, I think it's, ap it's an absolute necessity at the moment. And not just, as you said, you have a junior, but also for someone like you who's achieved so much, or someone like me, to mentor somebody who may be in the middle of their career, thinking mm -hmm. about where they're going next. Because I recognize that as much as we've got a lot to learn from access to the profession from those coming into it now, I think there is also a difficulty where people in the middle of their profession are stuck and don't quite know where to go next or how to develop it. And hearing from Her Honor Judge Roberts in her Zoom with us last week, when she was still expressing such disappointment at the lack of solicitors, female solicitors, who are being successful in applications to sit, in particular as recorders or tribunal judges, why should that be happening? And, and I think that, that mentoring is a really good avenue for tackling some of those problems and issues. Because if, if you think about mentoring, is it, it's about sharing what you have learned and opening up avenues for the people we're talking to. Um, and in introducing them to people or getting them to think about choices. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't have somebody to bounce ideas off, we can find ourselves in little boxes, can't we? And Absolutely. And I think it's good for you as well to reflect, as you've indicated earlier, on things you've done well and things that you haven't done so well in your own career. And so therefore, it's, a, it's absolutely a learning two ways. It's not just a one-way street. Um, and, and Hannah, what about the importance of well-being support what do you think we should be looking at specifically there i think that well-being has i don't know I, I probably people listening to this might get a bit cross I, I think that it's become a bit trite in places you know we think about or oh, don't work after six o'clock don't send an email before eight o'clock i think that's missing the point of the real well-being issue actually for solicitors and barristers and judges which is how we're managing the trauma that we are all experiencing in the work we do. And I still find it fascinating that we deal with the coalface of some of the most complex, emotionally charged, harrowing and traumatic of situations. We hold our clients emotionally through their divorces, their child arrangements, the public law proceedings, you know, if you think about some of the casework that public law barristers do, what they see when they deal with the death of babies or systematic abuse cases or, or extraordinary neglect, and yet we have no support, we have no trauma training, we have no access to therapeutic support, you know, in reality. I mean, the Bar Council is trying and we, we muddle along and, that, and that's what we do. We muddle along trying to manage that. And I think when we look at well-being, for me, well-being has got to really start to look at managing the trauma that family lawyers and probably judges carry, actually. 
and developing a better system of supporting us and recognizing that somebody the other day said to me it was like a psychological dissonance that we hold inside of us and I, yeah. I do really do think that you know yeah I abs absolutely agree and for me having been a mediator for a long time yeah. obviously there's a huge difference between mediation where you absolutely have your ppc who um you know you touch base with you discuss you you know your support is there and the people who do that role and, and therefore often people who've worked in social services etc find it almost unbelievable that lawyers mediators wouldn't otherwise have that support unless that system was in place so absolutely i think that's something that we've really got to turn our attention to and what about um, associations with other sort of groupings over the next year? Is there anything there that you think we ought to be looking at in women in family law? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things coming along. I'll stick with the wellbeing to begin with. I've been trying to think about some associations with mind, um, actually, to help us move forward or law care that we, we can try and take some of those concerns that, that I've just expressed to you about managing the trauma and, and the psychological issues that I think a lot of us carry around the work we do. Um, so that might be a good partnership to look at what can we do and how can we develop that. We have a fantastic partnership with UBS uh, that we've just developed, that we just signed on the dotted line, so to speak. And really, really, I'm so really, pleased about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thrilled that um, in our forthcoming year anniversary webinar that we've got coming up on the 10th of March, probably will have passed by the time most people hear this, but uh, UBS are speaking just to sort of share a different element of the impact on COVID on women, because it's not, it's not all about well-being and being a lawyer. There's a, you know, we are women are our own rights, earning a living and thinking about pensions and managing our earnings. And we also then talk to women who have wealth and UBS have got some brilliant insights into the changes and the gender gap issues that uh, continue. So I'm delighted about that. And, and I think that lots of forthcoming events with UBS. And um, there's another association that I'm developing with Mrs. Justice Tice and that's the JAC, which is about encouraging more people to apply to sit. Mm -hmm. lots, of, lots of reasons for that. I think you were there at a meeting when we talked as a board we, we quite often have these meetings don't we where we talk about topics and talk about issues and we're really really fortunate in that I can feed back some of those issues directly to someone like Mrs Justice Tice or the president um, and actually in this occasion when there was quite a negative view about sitting and the juniors I was quite surprised by saying saying well it's not on our radar at all and I was thinking well why not you know you should start to be thinking about that even if you're only two or three years cool and then a negativity around, you know, judges being exhausted at the moment. And um, why would you why would you want to sit when it's just overwhelming at the moment? So Resolution have signed up to that. ALC have signed up to that. FLBA and the Law Society. And we've got the High Court all supporting in a programme over the next five or six months when we're going to try and encourage, nurture, educate people who want to apply to sit so that they can understand the process, because it is it is a bizarre old process, to encourage more people across the profession. And I hope this might dovetail into Her Honour Judge Roberts' concern that there are not enough solicitors um, yeah. applying to sit, particularly in recorder level. I, I, don't, I was actually quite surprised when she said that there's this archaic view that barristers sit of recorders and solicitors as district judges. I mean, 
How rude is that? It's <laughs> <Just laughs> extraordinary. But as a solicitor, I have to say, I think that would probably still be my view in a sense of how I've been brought up and something that we need to move away from. So absolutely. And Hannah, I mean, obviously, we're thinking of loads of different strands in women in family law. I think there's an initiative around inspiring, inspirational women as well, isn't there? There is. Yeah. I mean, that that's um, we wanted what we wanted to do is to try and divert the focus away from just about being a woman in family law which I know sounds a bit odd because that's who we are but we felt that we could learn a lot from looking outside the profession and understanding how other women in other fields have been successful because we have learned from some of the webinars we've already had about things like imposter syndrome and how you can manage the lack of confidence we have in ourselves and the decisions we take so we have a team I think of four at the minute on a little mini board who are looking over the next year or so, I think it's a two or three year plan actually. So once a quarter to invite an inspirational woman from any sort of industry to speak to us. I think they've already highlighted, I won't say names at the minute, but um, people who may have been married to prime ministers, um, people who may have been Supreme Court judges, people who may have written fantastic books and people who may have been leaders in industry, and people who may have been wonderful in sports. So a complete diverse eclectic mix of women who are inspiring because of what they've achieved, but also are inspirational because they are willing to give their time up to talk to a bunch of female lawyers um, to share some insights into what they have learned on their way to achieve success in whatever their chosen career was. And I just I hope that gives a different edge to what we do and, and can mix it up a bit. Yeah, and I, I hope with uh, our listeners tonight, they're feeling fairly exhausted by the amount of things that women in family law are doing and really just getting an insight into the various strands that we're looking at, not just over the next 12 months, but really well into the future. And Hannah, I just wondered if you were given an opportunity to say what you would have told your younger self what 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 would you look back and what would you say what would you say for that you can do it you are good enough don't be hard on yourself and make that application i was doing something recently where i was reminded of that and i think i've learned it quite recently and so i was putting post-its up around the house and my children were going oh mum so i was going you can do this you've got this you are good enough and, you know, it sounds silly, but it's, it's so important to tell ourselves that. And also, the other thing is, you will make mistakes, Han. It is not the end of the world. You will feel like you've been kicked in the stomach or that you can't speak. You will have things play around your head on an internal loop where you feel mortified by something you said to the president of the family division, as only happened this week. But you will make mistakes and actually you are only as good as the last mistake you made that you learnt from and that you move forward from. Brilliant well it's been fantastic talking to you and I just wondered is there anything else you'd like to add now? Now's your time. No and I just um, I think I am so privileged to be able to to work with the bunch of women that are in women in family law like getting to know people like you Suzanne it's been wonderful and just to learn from everybody and I think 
I've, I've learned that there's still a lot going wrong. There's still a lot to change. Um, I've been impressed by some of the men that we work with that actually are cognizant of that. I think Cyrus, who's head of the FLBA, has you know done a fantastic job, particularly with well-being, actually. And um, Jerry from the Law Society, you know, he raises issues on a regular basis. And I, I think it's it's important that we recognise that there are men out there that stand by us and support us, whether there are partners, husbands, brothers, uncles, sons, colleagues. But over COVID, I think women particularly have come together in a way that's been quite remarkable. Friendships that we have shared or that have flourished over these last few months have been absolutely vital to us because we've not... I think they'll be lifelong. I think we'll look back at this time and we'll reflect on that and these will be lifelong friendships. Yeah, and I I was doing a hearing this week and there was a, a junior that I had from a different area of law and he commented that he was really has been really taken by the way family lawyers look out for each other and the way they you know can phone or send an email and say you know you did a great job today and I think we've become even better at doing that because we don't see each other so at, at court sometimes you just do a smile and the smile would be that nod and you know but taking that moment to send that text or send a whatsapp or send an email to say you know, you did great in court today, or I particularly like that a bit of your submissions, or to send an email to your solicitor to say, you really supported me through this, thank you so much. It's absolutely vital, it, t- it takes 30 seconds a minute. Um, and it makes but, the world so much a better place. Oh, doesn't it just, you know, doesn't it just, and I just think, you know, we are kind to each other, we've got to remember to be kind to each other, but we do still have a long way to go. There's a lot to tackle, and I think that we've got to, keep going, keep moving forward, but remember to look back. Somebody said to me once, you know, it's that that analogy of when you're halfway up the ladder, you know, stop, pause, let the one behind catch up, extend the hand out and say, you okay, do you need anything? Fine, well, I'll carry on up a little bit more and I'll be checking back on you in a minute or two. Yeah, I love that, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, I think we've covered a load of issues um, today. And it is International Women's Day. And I hope that people will listen to this, if not on International Women's Day, shortly after. And uh, I hope it gives an insight into the work that we're doing. If you're interested in joining Women in Family Law, please just join. And uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot out of it. So thank you so much, Hannah. Great to talk to you. Thank you. We've now got the uh, PayPal fixed, so it's easier for people to join. (laughs) Thank you, Suzanne.